With 2022 now in the rearview mirror, what developments took place that shape what is in front of us for the church in 2023? Israel elected its third prime minister in less than a year, with Netanyahu now aggressively looking to forge peace with Saudi Arabia while removing Iran's nuclear threat. What are the implications for war and what nations might be drawn into this conflict? The Russia-Ukraine battles is looking more and more like stage setting for Ezekiel 38. The World Economic Forum is openly pushing for the U.S. to be removed as the world's superpower. And yet American politicians continue to cozy up with Klaus Schwab and team. What is going on here? Transgenders are now engaging in the church pulpit, while the Oxford Dictionary is removing the word sin from their pages. Join us now as we unveil this uncensored version in a biblical eye towards 2023. everybody. My name is Mark. You're watching and or listening to the Russick Outlook. Thank you very much for joining. This is the first recording for 2023. Here I sit on the 1st of January and perhaps appropriately the title for this message is A Biblical Eye or a Biblical Lens Towards the New Year. And what do I mean by that? Well, picture yourself in a car and you need your rearview mirror. You need to see what's approaching, what's behind you, as well as keeping your eye on the road and what's in front of you. And I would kind of uh, envision the rearview mirror as 2022, some of the events with that will be breaking down and perhaps a little bit earlier and what that may lead to what we're seeing in front of us. And I believe that the information and the events that are unfolding are at a almost at an exponential rate uh, according to what the Bible has foretold. So I'm going to break a lot of that down. And I will tell you up front that I, I've, I can only put this on certain platforms. This will be on RussickOutlook.com. It will be on Rumble. Um, and, and, and the reason is because of censorship. And, and there are censorship guidelines on YouTube and some of the other platforms that I, I, I just, you know, I can't break things down the way I would like to. So I decided to just go for it, take the gloves off, if you will. Um, I, I'm not intending to be controversial. Uh, none of this information if, if you have a, a, an honest, open eye towards what's in front of you and what's going on around you, it shouldn't startle you. But at the same time, you know, sometimes we need a little bit of cold water slapped in our faces. And, and, and I think some of the information that I'm going to break down uh, will we'll, we'll perhaps do some of that. So um, I would ask if you could, please share the information, whatever the platform that you're on. And, and if you wouldn't mind, go to rumble.com and, and, and sign up on Russick Outlook, subscribe to our channel. And again, you just get notified when new information comes out. And uh, on, on that note, you can also do that by going to russickoutlook.com and sign up for our email list. We'll just notify you. So there's a lot of information that I'd like to unpack uh, and, and I think it's really important. So hopefully you'll understand um, to my YouTube listeners, and, and you know, hopefully you'll, you'll don't mind going over to russickoutlook.com or, or Rumble, but enough of that. I just really, I want to get into it. Um, so let me, let, let me cut to the chase, if you will. So here I sit uh, with a, a kind of a, a, a biblical lens, if you will, if you're following me on video. 
uh, with a you know the the uh, the the eye in in the lens of the camera looking towards 2023. Like I said, there's a lot of information to break down, and. As I always do, you know, when I do these monthly uh, breakdowns of, of events, I look at, um, you know, what I call modern headlines meets Bible prophecy. I look at things over the course of the month, and I always start with the nation of Israel because that is where uh, the Lord has laid things out. And, and not only does it start in Israel, but it's also the relationships of the nations as it, as it pertains to Israel. So that's where I always begin those monthly uh, um, um, productions, if you will. And that's what I like to do here because there's been some startling information and revelations of what's going on. Uh, and many of you may be very much aware, but if you're not, again, it's, it's always good to look back and see what happened and, and what's going on in front of us. So if I look back, if you're following me on video, I'm showing you uh, three prime ministers. Israel had three prime ministers this year. Uh, most recently elected Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who's just beginning his sixth term. As I sit here now, he, uh, his, his uh, um, cabinet was just sworn in a few days ago. He replaced Yair Lapid, who was supposed to be this um, two-headed monster, if you have, probably not a, a, a good term, but um, uh, Naftali Bennett and, and Yair Lapid had a... Uh, an agreement that they would share the uh, prime ministership or prime minister's office, if you will. And at any rate, um, uh, Bennett could not hold his government together, and, and Lapid had to step in. And then they, that forced a new election. So here we are. So you have that in and of itself is, is pretty amazing. And uh, Benjamin Netanyahu beginning a sixth term is, is pretty much uncalled for. Uh, this is the 37th government in the last 74 years, and I say that as we're approaching May in 2023 because it will be the 75th anniversary. And, and it's just a, you know, a, a small comment by Lapid um, that he vows to topple Netanyahu's government, what he calls a government of destruction. So, uh, um, you know, it's politics. There's a lot of banter and a lot of fanfare, but there's a lot of seriousness to this. And you know, I will say that um, on, uh, you know, a lot of the exit polls that revealed uh, the people wanted a strong leader, uh, particularly with the uh, potential surrounding wars and battles that you have with their enemies in, in um, Iran, particular, and, and their proxies, uh, Hezbollah and, and uh, you know, others that you have in the Gaza Strip and, and other surrounding areas, the Houthis in Yemen and whatnot. So, I'm going to just break down very quickly, if you will, the, the, the way that the Israeli government works is you have 120 cabinet members and you have to have a majority. And uh, they, they, so out of that 120 seats, you have to have obviously over 60. Benjamin Netanyahu's party has 64. So I'll show you. This was just, um, uh, they were just sworn in the other day as I speak here. And I have, you know, a, a prayer hands here. So if you're so inclined to pray for the nation of Israel, I would suggest you pray for this cabinet and for their leadership. So they have 64 seats. Um, Netanyahu's party is the Likud party that has uh, 32 seats. The ultra-Orthodox parties um, and the far-right alliance have uh, 14 seats, uh, or I'm sorry, 18 for the Orthodox parties and 14 for the far-right alliance giving you those 64 seats. And that's how, you know, the government is structured a little bit differently for, you know, most nations, America, where, where I am, and, and I'm sure with 
other nations here too. Uh, Lapid's party has 51 seats. So that's that's the breakdown, um, and, and that's something to keep an eye on. So um, one of the things I wanted to focus on right away is what are the challenges that Netanyahu and the Israelis will face. And his one of his main focal uh, and goals, and he stated this up front for weeks on end leading up to this now, he wants to forge an alliance uh, w- with Saudi Arabia. He wants to bring them into the Abraham Accords. And that's he sees that as, as a key strategic um, development that needs to happen. And he's vowed to make this happen. He does have a relationship with Saudi Arabia. They do have some agreements in place. They've uh, have they share some security information. Uh, Saudi Arabia has now, over the past year, allowed flyovers between uh, some of the Gulf Coast states into uh, uh, Israel and back and forth where they didn't years ago. Um, and, and there's a development there that they want to see this happen. So let me just show you real quickly, I'm sorry, um, some, some of the things. And showing you Netanyahu appearing to the Arab press and the Arab media because he needs to communicate this message. And he said this, um, I'm following the highlight on the lower right. Uh, Israel's unbreakable alliance with the United States, but said that the traditional alliance with Saudi Arabia and other countries has to be reaffirmed. There should not be periodic swings or even wild swings in this relationship. U.S. ties with Saudi Arabia have been tense under the Biden administration, which has sought to call out the kingdom on the human rights issues. Riyadh has in return refused U.S. appeals to step up energy production to bring down the global prices. And if you've been following the news, this is no surprise. We saw uh, Biden and, uh, um, uh, in, in his trip over to Saudi Arabia during this past summer and you know, trying to get some oil production prior to the November elections, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the, the there is real, and my understanding is, for, and as I followed this from pretty reliable sources, that there's there's real hesitation on Saudi Arabia's part because they do not have, uh, view the Biden administration as a uh, um, a reliable partner, uh, and and a lot of that has to do with their insistence on the uh, um, Iranian nuclear agreement. And uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran are are enemies, and you know they've been. Um, and I've covered a lot of this, and I don't want to get into a lot of the details, but um, you you have that Sunni uh, um, uh, alliance going going on right there with uh, uh, the, the the Saudis, and and you know they they have that 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 Saudi that Sunni Shia battle, if you will, and they're they're you know posturing at least Iran is posturing for control and posturing to eliminate Israel. So here you have Saudi Arabia and they're kind of in the middle and they're trying to I think you know want to form that relationship with Israel but don't know that they can really do that because Israel's so tied to the United States and at the same time they're making ties and and relationships with um, China and, and Russia and some of the other e- eastern nations. So it's, it's, it's a very, very difficult situation to develop and to navigate. And again, because, you know, many, if not most of the Arabs and, and uh, um, Muslims view uh, um, Mecca and Saudi Arabia as the capital, if you will, of, of, of the Islamic religion, this is really, you know, uh, it, it, it's something that Benjamin Netanyahu feels very strongly that must be achieved in order to achieve, in order to uh, get to a peace deal. 
I will say that falls in line with Ezekiel 38 and the Gog of Magog war because that is the Dan in the Bible and that there will be, they will not be engaged in that war. They will side on, on, on the side of Israel. They won't be, you know, militarily involved with Israel. So again, that's just another development that's going in alongside uh, prophecy with Ezekiel 38. We've covered that in the past and certainly there's plenty of information out there. Um, the other strong development or strong focal point and goal for Benjamin Netanyahu is he will end the Iranian nuclear arsenal. So two things right off the bat. He wants to strike a deal pretty, you know, he wants to strike a significant deal by bringing Saudi Arabia into the fold. That supposedly will bring other nations. You have four now and that Saudi Arabia could be the fifth and others behind it. And they basically, they will not allow Iran to have that, that nuclear arsenal. So you really, you know, you, they, they are strategically ready to go to war if they need to with Iran. Uh, I believe that they will not allow Iran to have that and, and under any circumstance. I've covered in the past. They had a very significant military uh, preparation with other nations. They had it internally in, in this past spring. Uh, the entire nation prepared for war, or they simulated what it would be like. So all of these things are developing, and they're developing in line with Ezekiel 38. So the development with uh, um, Saudi Arabia, as well as the development with Iran and what's going on there. So it's falling in line. It's leading up to the, uh, the prophecy of Ezekiel 38. I've noted in the past the, the prophecies of 36, chapters 36 and 37 have already transpired. 38 and 39 uh, could be looming very closely. Next, I'd like to cover the Abraham Accords Global Leadership uh, Summit, which, which happened last month, and just a further development or a further impetus from the Israelis about forming these strategic alliances. Again, they have it with Morocco, they have it with Sudan, um, uh, UAE, and um, who am I missing? That's, that's terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm missing somebody here. It'll come to me. A little, little bit of a um, senior moment, if you will. Uh, so anyway, they had this this meeting with world government and ecumenical uh, um, leaders, including the Vatican, and they pledge world peace. So interesting that the Vatican is involved. Um, Bahrain, that was the other one. I'm sorry. I knew I had to get it. Uh, <coughs> so... This is a big push, you know, and I will say, you know, a lot of this is not necessarily a peace treaty, so to speak, but it's their economic agreements for tourism, uh, for allowing, you know, uh, Arabs to travel into Jerusalem to visit uh, the Temple Mount and, and, you know, key exchange for um, market developments, for technology, for medicine, for agriculture, which is very big. There's some significant developments with Morocco because, you know, uh, the, the agricultural developments from Israel are, are stellar. And uh, so, that you know, they're, they're sharing this information. Um, so everybody benefits is, is, is really what they're trying to do. So it's, it's a very, very concerted effort. Um, and there's a big push from the Israelis to make this happen. Uh, just very quickly, too, what I think is, you know, just another sign. You have the uh, new Tel Aviv-Jerusalem train line uh, is in development. I believe it's to be completed in the next two years. 
uh, and it will go from the Tel Aviv airport to the Western Wall and the Temple Mount. So uh, that that's already in motion. And and again, it's um, I, I I just think it's a further sign, uh, you know, of things to come that people will be visiting that area. So I, what I'd like to do is is break down very quickly what are the key challenges from the Netanyahu administration and, and some of the things that they're going to have to face. So uh, I bring you back to video here. Uh, the Ezekiel War, Gog of Magog, uh, obviously, and I believe what is tied into that is the uh, Iranian nuclear escalation. The Russia-Ukraine war, in my eyes, is stage setting for the war of Gog of Magog. Um, you know, we, you, you, we can't say definitively without question that, that, that Putin would be um, uh, the, the, the leader of this coalition, but chances are, you know, there's a good chance that he could be, I'll put it that way. And until he attacks Israel, nobody knows. So anybody who says that, you know, you can't be sure. Um, navigating the political relationships, you know, Saudi Arabia and the Arab world, the U.S., Russia, Turkey, Europe, China, these are all very, very difficult um, avenues to navigate. Uh, I, I, my understanding is that um, the Ukrainians and the Russians are glad to see Netanyahu in, as opposed to Lapid. They, they think he would be a better partner, uh, at least in terms of their relationships. So that, you know, I think, and, and the fact that Netanyahu does have relationships with the leaders in Russia is, is significant. But how do you navigate that? So it's, everybody knows that United States and Israel are very close. And then, you know, yet United States is in direct opposition to Russia with, uh, with, with what's going on in Ukraine and, and, and Europe. So these are very tumultuous relationships that, that require a great deal of skill, of wisdom, of prayer. Uh, if, again, if you're so inclined, I, I would encourage you to pray for the nation of Israel and pray for, you know, your, your own leaders, wherever, whatever country you're from, whatever communities you're in. But we're, we are required biblically to pray, pray for uh, Israel and pray for, specifically for Jerusalem and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So, uh, you know, that, that I, 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 I would just kind of point you in that direction. China, China and, and their developments with uh, Iran, and they have enormous economical developments, uh, you know, in trade and oil and, and uh, China coming in and helping with infrastructure in Iran. And, uh, and we're talking in the, in the billions of dollars. I, I believe they signed a, almost a half a trillion dollar deal over 20 years uh, this past year. And then you have the Israeli gas pipelines. And we've talked a lot about that, where we have all this natural gas on the Mediterranean coast that are starting to go into Europe, into Cyprus, into Italy. Um, and then the Europeans would like a piece of that now. And uh, so that's in the works. Those deals are signed this past year. Uh, and because of the development of what happened with Russia and, 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 and Europe and the gas lines being um, um, destroyed uh, intentionally, um, so they can't even get that, you know, that energy into Europe. And I, here's another thing to pray for, if you could. Uh, the people of Europe, you know, there, there's so many people who are going to be freezing, not only in Ukraine, and, and they are now. Bombs are going off, and, you know, I'm sitting on the 1st of January, and I heard, you know, saw reports overnight during the new year of the attacks, and the power is down in so many cities, including the capital in Kiev. Um, 
you know, the, the, these people are without heat and without, you know, electricity. Um, and this is going to happen. This is going to cold winter into other parts of Europe as well. So this is, again, a very difficult situation. But what I believe it potentially is laying out the hook in the jaw that God talks about, that he'll put a hook in the, in the jaw of Gog and pull him out. It could be the allure of, of, of the booty, if you will, in, in uh, the bounty of, of the natural resources and the finances that are available in, in Israeli land. You know, we, I can't say that, you know, with any degree of certainty, but it's, you know, certainly within the realm of possibility without question. Um, and then last, as I, as I close on this note with uh, Israel, is I, I thought this was interesting. The Israeli intelligence, who I believe is probably second to none, or certainly right up there in the top three or four um, in the world. And, you know, they, they said that the world order is at a transition point right now. And, and I just wanted to just read some of this to you. I'll put it back on, on the screen. And it says, in a stunning report, Israeli intelligence ministry warned that the world is on the verge of a cliff and is likely to be struck by a variety of crises over all aspects of life. This estimate warns that the current transition point leaves society vulnerable to a series of crises over the next 10 years that could reorder the planet's economic order, geopolitics, the role of technology, and more. Uh, recommendations from a team of eight experts, uh, they included uh, focusing on key political, geopolitical alliances, uh, technology, bridge between countries, and the preemptive filing potential gaps in national resilience. I, and, and it goes on, and you can read this Again, if you're on video or um, if my, for my podcast listeners, if you can go over there. But I just in the yellow highlight here, uh, this is not a, rep a report coming from biblical prophecy eyes or theologians. It is coming from respected global intelligence. When a secular source begins to issue comments that mirror prophetic language from Scripture, we need to pay attention. It tells us that the War of Gog of Magog is coming soon, that the events of the end times is imminent, and that the rapture could happen at any moment. And I'm going to touch on that near the end. And, and, and I will say this, too, and I, I, I've kind of talked a little bit about it. There's, you know, in the prophetic interpretations or, you know, different uh, um, realms of thought, people would say that the War of Gog of Magog will happen during the, um, during the tribulation, some would say before. I tend to think it would be become right before and it would lead up to the, the signing of, of, of the treaty uh, on the Temple Mount. Because it says in there that there will be seven months to bury the dead and seven years to clean up the debris. And we know that the tribulation is seven years. So this is beyond the seven years. So that's why I kind of side where I think this would happen just prior to the rapture. Um, but again, you can't, you know, there, there's different realms of thought, but I think that's a pretty convincing argument from my standpoint. I'd like to segue now towards the nations, and I want to concentrate on what is happening in, in the World Economic Forum and Davos. The leaders are about to gather in a couple of weeks in January, and, and I want to focus on their stated objectives. What I'm going to show you is on their website. It's nothing, you know, um, nothing that I'm making up, or, you know, you can easily find it by going online yourself. But there's a big push towards 2030, not only uh, uh, from the World Economic Forum and the Klaus Schwab's, and you know we've talked about this and all of the different geopolitical alliances 
that are set uh, with the Davos crowd. But also you have the 2030 agenda as stated by the UN who has direct ties. So I'm, I'm gonna br bring you back to video and I wanted to show you that there you have eight predictions or eight goals in mind for 2030. Uh, number one, you will own nothing and be happy. That is a total, total totalitarian, I'm sorry, uh, ob objective, clearly. The un United States will not be the world's superpower. Why are they saying that? Why, because, and I've said this for many, many years, the end game has to be to take down the United States for what it represents on so many levels. But here you have it, they're saying it right out in front of you. The United States will not be the world's superpower. You will not die waiting for an organ donor. Well, well, why? Because you can make the organs synthetically. Uh, you will eat less meat. Their whole thing about methane coming from cows. A billion people will be displaced by climate change. A billion. The, the, the world or the population is a little under 8 billion at this point, And they're saying, some, you know, basically one-eighth of it. You could be preparing to go to Mars. And some of the things that I'm going to really hone in on on this message is Western values, uh, which are biblical values. In other words, that's their code word. Western values will be tested to the breaking point. I'm going to show you exactly how... And then fossil fuels will become obsolete. And, and the reason I wanted to point this out is because where we sit now with the Ukrainian war, we could end this in a second. The United States could end this in a second. They could put oil back into production. They could have, they could have prevented this from the very beginning. Um, and they chose not to. They chose intentionally not to. There is no fracking in place despite Europe approaching a freezing winter and a war with, with uh, Ukraine. And, and it's uh, energy experts estimate that we have on, in our ground and in our soil and in our resources that we could potentially um, uh, provide the world's energy for the next 75 years, but we intentionally are not doing it because if this is falling in line with the Davos crowd, the Western Europe, Western United States, um, um, parts of the West with the United States included. And you can find out all this information online about the World Economic Forum. I've talked about it in the past. There are certainly plenty of uh, other people out there. <coughs> Excuse me. But I, I really want to hone in on as it pertains to the United States because, you know, I, I, I get a little bit upset when I hear some of these people. And this is, and I'm going to say it right up front, this is the Democratic Party. This is their policies. This doesn't mean that Jesus likes the Republicans and not the Democrats, etc. But the Democrats' values and their priorities and their policies are juxtaposed to biblical principles. And there are certainly bad parties and bad characters in both, and I'm not condoning one over the other. But you cannot, if, if you are a Christian, adhere to and follow a lot of these principles of death, and I'm going to get into this, so this is one of the things that I wanted to be able to speak freely because, you know, people are afraid to. And, and sadly, in the church, they are afraid to talk about biblical values. And, and there are ministries who, you know, they'll, they'll defend one party over the other, and, but they won't get into, you know, the policies and the breakdowns. And, and I think that's a failure on their part. Um, because they're, and, and this is not, an, you know, this is not, I'm not speaking about one church or another. This is just a general statement. There are an enormously amount of great churches out there 
who are courageous, but sadly they're in the minority, and there are others who will just acquiesce to what the uh, what, what 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 the culture is, what the mandates are, and how they keep up church attendance. Um, so I, I I wanted to bring you this to where it says Western values or biblical values will be tested to their breaking point. I'm bringing you to the video, and I wanted to show you a picture of Billy Graham up there alongside the Bible. And he's, you know, he always talked, vote biblical values. And here, you know, many consider him perhaps the greatest evangelist of, uh, coming out of America, um, and certainly one of, uh, you know, uh, our treasures and a man who, who spoke um, past, past passionately and courageously and on point and, you know, defended the Bible. Um, but he was not afraid. And, and he got along with people and he, you know, uh, you can go back in history and you can look at him. He, he was, you know, in the White House and, and engaged with presidents and congressmen and uh, Supreme Court justices and senators from both parties. He, you know, he didn't pull any punches there. But he was, you know, he was, um, he was strong in his convictions. So <clears throat> Western values are an extension of Judeo-Christian constructs, specifically New Testament teaching. This is really what we're talking about. A belief in God-granted natural rights and separation of powers, which is the foundation for America. It rejects the premise that individual has a mandate to rule without any question over you. The fruits of enlightenment blended correctly with the truths of the Bible and the things from antiquity. But yet, what they want to do, what this is really saying, is they want to break down the Ten Commandments. And we're going to show you. Uh, in doing so, I just wanted to just point out, 1 Timothy 4 says this, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings comes through hypocritical liars whose consciousness have, consciousness have been seared with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from, from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Hence, you know, they don't want you to eat meat, but yet God said you can eat meat and, and it's blessed. For everything God created is good. Nothing is to be rejected. It is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and of prayer. So I'm, I'm just saying this is an attack on the Bible without question to me. And, and I'm going to show you again here, the Ten Commandments. They're going after the Ten Commandments. Um, and I, I just wanted to point out, too, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in, in, in the land that the Lord has given you. So God has given you a promise there by, uh, by honoring these commandments that you will live long and in the land that the Lord has given you. In other words, having borders, because this is a, I'm getting maybe a little off subject, but I'm going to approach it. Uh, where they're pushing, the Democrats are pushing open borders, and you have this uh, uh, infestation at the at the southern border where they're just destroying lands and properties, and uh, you know there's no rules, there's no law, there's you know it's it's just open season. You have drug addiction, you have fentanyl coming in at alarming rates, you have uh, sex trafficking, and you know this administration is turning a blind eye towards it. Um, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not see here. Let me go to the to the video, uh, and I'm just showing you uh, all of these things. Think about murder. Uh, if you murder now, they're taking away. Uh, they're lightening your sentence. They're saying you don't even have to have go have bail. Um, 
you shall not steal. They're open season. You know, there's stores now saying, well, if you or laws that if, if you steal under a thousand dollars, it's not a crime, something like that. You know, that's the absurdity where, you know, everything has gone out the window. They're just pushing and pushing and pushing the envelope. And it's an attack on faith and it's attack on the Lord. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's just no way around it. And, and, you know, it's, it uh, used to be, it's in New York, I, I would say it's in getting close to the middle stages of this. It's, it's, it's pretty significant. And, you know, sadly, there are so-called Christians who are just, you know, they're, they're okay. And, and they're just, well, it's politics. And, you know, I don't want to get involved in politics. And, but politics, uh, you know, affects the church. It affects uh, whether you can, you know, open your, your church doors. It, um, you've had situations over the last few years where certain uh, American governments, and I know this is true, certainly true in, in other countries, where they're recording your sermons. They want to make sure that you're not talking about things that they consider uh, a violation, whether you're talking about a contradiction with the Word of God or not. Um, so, when when you when they say openly in their in, in, on their website and and they're very very clear about it the U.S. will not be a world superpower. I'm just going to show you a whole bunch of things where uh, uh, for those who are listening by podcast, you know th- that America is being taken down from within, and I would say that the mask has become or the 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 mask has been removed. You can kind of point a little bit towards Twitter to that. I think if you had any common sense, you would know a lot of this has been going on anyway, uh, where, where, you know, the, the government is out of control. Our liberties are being taken away from us. Well, we have civil unrest, uh, the education, CRT, uh, the force of, 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 of uh, um, the, the, the breakdown of the family, uh, the abortion and, and, you know, the things that we saw with abortion and and what happened with the uh, overturning of the law this past June and how the people were attacking or going after and protesting in front of the Supreme Court justices' houses, and yet the the Justice Department did nothing to to take care of these people and to basically implement the law as the law of the land, that these people were, were a violation of the law, but because their agenda was abortion, their agenda was death. Their agenda was depopulation, um, and, and again, where was the uh, where were where were the prayers in the churches? And I'm not saying that there weren't, but I didn't hear a lot about. It. I didn't hear people praying for the Supreme Court justices or praying for their family members and their children in their homes. Um, censorship, you know. I, again, I have to do this on certain platforms. Certain platforms, I can't speak. A corrupt press, you know, we, we've seen cases and cases of this, how, you know, over the years in, in politics in particular, and, you know, so much information has been withheld uh, with COVID and some of the information that was withheld there. And, you know, I couldn't even say the word COVID, uh, uh, you know, because that would trigger an alarm. If you say that word, just that word alone, that's the point that we're at, that will trigger uh, an alarm uh, on, you know, certain social media platforms. The wars that we're, we've been involved in, coming out of Afghanistan, the disgrace there, and, and what we've seen in Ukraine, uh, the the, uh, the 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 climate, religion, the fanaticism of what we've seen there, the fuel and energy crisis. Again, you know, we could solve things if we want. The attack on the First and the Second Amendments, uh, and probably the most egregious to me is the is the children, how they've attacked the children, and and 
where uh, we'll get into a little bit of this, where you're forcing um, uh, the transgender issue on six, seven, eight-year-old children. Kids, kids need to be kids. And um, I, I say, where is the church with that? Uh, we're, we're at a point now where 47 out of 50 states and five U.S. territories uh, are allowing for sexual surgeries to happen with young children, young adults. Uh, I believe it's Arizona, Alabama, and Arkansas. The three A's are the only ones that, that are standing uh, for, for these children. Where, you know, where's the church with that? Where's the church with transgenderism? You know, uh, where's the church when you have um, uh, uh, um, transgenders now coming into the churches, into the pulpits? Um, you know, they, they, there are some churches who have even said that, you know, it is their goal to have transgenders on staff. You know, that, that's the point of some of the, where we're at with some of this. The, again, we're a nation without borders, and I talked about scripturally how that's, that's in violation of, of, of scripture. Weaponizing the branches of government. We found this out with, you know, the revelation of the things with Twitter. And again, you know, if you had just a modicum of common sense, you, you would have known this. Um, where you have intelligence agencies infiltrating the technology companies and, and they're censoring what you can and cannot say. And, you know, the whole Hunter Biden issue and, uh, and, and the January 6th issue, you know, and the absurdity of that and the trials and, you know, oh, it's insurrection. It's not insurrection. There was no insurrection. Insurrection is when you enlist the military for a coup of the government. And, and you can like Trump or not. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But I will say that from a biblical standpoint, he did probably more than any other president did in standing in line with biblical principles and the fight for human life and the fight for Israel and the fight for Jerusalem. That's more than, you know, any other president uh, has in, in any past. And, and I certainly, you know, I... And I, and I would say just most people I know who supported his policies, you know, they weren't in, in alignment with his character and the way he went about things. But I, I don't know of any other human being that could have withstand the pressure that he was under, uh, you know, from from all avenues. So, uh, you know, again, and, you know, he, he gave the power to uh, the Speaker of the House to have um, uh, the National Guard there. They turned it down. Yeah, and, and he was speaking as this was had this whole thing was just an outrageous show to take your eyes off the ball and people fell into it. You know, I was, you know, when this first happened, all of a sudden, all of the airwaves were filled with insurrection, 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 insurrection. You never heard that word in 20 years. And then all of a sudden, the parrots and the people on social media started repeating what the, uh, uh, what the propaganda artists and the media started to tell them. And, and again, it's, it's what, what's the objective here? It's division. It's divide and conquer, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. And, and you know, that's, but that's what's happening to this nation. That's what's happening to America. And it's falling in line with the World Economic Forum's objective. I did want to talk briefly about ESGs uh, because this was something that, so basically um, they are setting up uh, um, publicly traded companies and investment companies that have to fall in line with certain guidelines for uh, climate change and adherence towards certain mandates that the government lays down. And they get a score, they get a check mark, and they get a you know mark. So you invest in these companies. So your 401ks, your IRAs, and some of your other uh, um, uh, investment strategies, if you will, they are being mandated now by the government. And this just came down in the end of November, I believe. 
uh, you know, kind of one of those things on a Friday afternoon where you have to now, there, there was a law where, and, and I'm paraphrasing this, where you have to, if you are an investment company, you have to do your best for your client. You have to invest as wisely as you can for your client. But that's no longer the case. You no longer have to have their best interests in mind as long as you are moving their money, your money, your hard-earned money, if they're moving it towards companies that they say are in alignment, whether they fall in line with um, uh, CRT or, or um, uh, um, what, what, yes, um, so the, the, the climate mandates and, and, and things of that nature, um, if they fall in line with that, then they get the, the check score. So there are states that are standing up. I believe Oklahoma recently over the past week or two um, has removed itself from it. Perhaps Virginia. I know Texas has. Um, so in other words, the state funds and the state retirement funds, they don't want to line up with this. So this is a case where you have citizens taking action and citizens fighting back. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um, you have the push for uh, CBDC, central bank digital currency. So I, I just did a production on that um, a couple of weeks ago where I said economic headwinds are coming in line with the word of God. Uh, so you, we're, we are now, the United States has moved towards a uh, trial balloon is what they're calling it with uh, 10 other financial institutions to uh, lay out um, digital currencies, which ultimately leads to the removal or the takedown of the U.S. dollar, uh, which is the, the standard and uh, the, the um, economic um, protocol, if you will, or the gold standard. Uh, so you know, this is being taken down. And, and again, this falls in line with the revelation where, you know, you're going to have that digital prefix of 666 and whatever the numbers that are assigned with your account, they'll have control over the, your, your bank accounts. They'll have control over your finances. It's leading up to that. We're not here yet, but we're close. And I'll give you an example of what happened in Canada this past year with the truckers in Ontario and, and they were trying to remove them and what happened with Trudeau's government who's tied with the World Economic Forum and his finance minister. They seized the bank accounts of these truck drivers and, and they seized their property and, uh, and their trucks. So they, they took control, which is total, total, total totalitarianism. Oh, that's a tongue twister. But this is all of what's going on. Um, the weaponizing of, of government branches and uh, how they're infiltrated. And we talked about how the government was on the payroll with some of these social media companies and keeping certain information off. Um, this, is, this is all, you know, it, it, it's all about control. It's all about power. And we saw this with the recent election, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. It's, again, it's something I hadn't been able to talk about before, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it here. And, you know, one of the other troubling aspects to me is the the emergence of um, your bank institutions, your technology companies, your media companies, your healthcare companies, all coming in line with the government. They're all working together as one. They're all working in unison. Uh, so e either you're in or you're out. Um, so, you know, that's the breakdown of, of, of what's happening. Then you have the defense, what did they call it? The Defense of Marriage Act. And, and uh, you know, I, I this just happened, you know, over the course of this past month, um, where they basically went from the Supreme Court to the Senate, and the Senate passed this legislation 
uh, for same-sex marriages uh, to be uh, by bar, I'm sorry, to be unified at, um, in control on Capitol Hill, where basically every state that was a that was a bad tongue twister there myself. I'm sorry, but every state has to adhere towards uh, what they call the Defense of Marriage Act. But what that really is leading towards is, you know, you, if you are a Christian and you believe marriage is between a man and a woman, as it was laid out in the Bible, then you have to, you potentially could be leading churches where they would have to uh, instruct them that they would have to conduct same-sex marriages, even if it was against their um, constraints. And, and, and let me just say this too, that I've been around a church well over 30 years, and in all my life, I have never, ever heard any hate-filled message towards homosexuals. Yes, it's a sin, but we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. You know, I, I, I hate to say it, but as a young kid, I, you know, I abused alcohol. I abused drugs. I've sinned. I've lied. I've stolen. You know, it's, it's part of my past. It's not who I am today. Um, but but and, and this is another sin that's just flying in the face of God. As a matter of fact, and I just heard this prior to this recording, uh, the dictionary, Oxford's Dictionary is removing the word sin. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of you know, where we're at, the, the removal of the word sin from the dictionary. Um, so here they flew the, the rainbow colors over the, uh, um, over the White House during the ceremony and, and you know, just kind of grandstanding it. They invited uh, different transgender um, uh, celebrities, if you will, uh, and, and they made it, you know, just an open mockery, uh, you know, of the White House. And just a side note, um, the, the, uh, the rainbow flag for the, you know, um, gay pride has six colors. The rainbow itself that God gave as a covenant has seven colors, seven being uh, the, the, uh, the, the number of perfection from the Lord and six being the number of man. So even man, whether they realized it when they did it or not, uh, but, you know, he, here again, this is just flying in the face of God. It's flying in the face of, of, of what was laid out. So I, I did want to talk a little bit about homosexuality um, according to the Bible. Because, let me, you know, let me just say this. If you're a non-believer and if you're, you're a homosexual, you're entitled to your lifestyle. You know, that's the choice that we're given. Um, but at the same time, what's happening now is people in the church and people of others, you're being forced to accept it. And if you don't, you're a hater or you're condemned or that could impact your, your social credit score. That could impact your, your bank accounts. And that's the point where we're getting at. And that's, that's the trouble, the real troubling aspect of it. Um, so I, I did want to talk about a little bit what the Bible has to say, because, um, there are a lot of Christians out there who, you know, are, are supporting the democratic policies, are supporting same-sex marriage. And, and look, it's the law of the land. It's the law of the land. Um, and and you're, you're not to violate the laws, but at the same time, you cannot walk away from what the law of God says. And that comes first and foremost. So let me just cut to the video here. Um, the story of Sodom, Genesis 19, 1 through 3. Leviticus text, 18, 2013. The description of Paul from a fallen away society, Romans 126 through 32, um, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 11, uh, Genesis 2. Uh, what does Jesus say about homosexuality? Uh, some point to the fact that Jesus never condemned homosexuality as evidence of his approval, because they say Jesus was, you know, some will even go so far as to say Jesus was gay. 
there are problems with this notion. First, Jesus did not address very many specific sins. He never condemned child abuse, bank robbery, drug abuse, but certainly all those activities are sinful. Jesus never had to condemn homosexual behavior because it was understood by everyone in the Jewish culture of his day that it was contrary to the Mosaic law. Second, Jesus frequently referenced Sodom and a few times Gomorrah to warn his listeners about the impending doom. Matthew 10, 14 through 15, Luke 10 and Luke 17. So I, and, and I go on and on here where you know, it's clearly laid out in the Bible. And let me just show you this in Luke 17. Um, it, it, it has as the same as happened and is in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were, they were planting, they were building. But on that day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Uh, it will just be the same on that day that the Son of Man is revealed. So he's pointing towards that it will be as in the days of Lot in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah when the son when the son of God returns and that's really what we're seeing here that's that that's the point where we're at um, I'm going to show you just a couple of other things too where it's it's blatant it's apostasy it's not only in the sexual culture but it, they're mocking Jesus I'm showing you rappers and celebrities and there's uh, one rapper who you know worked with uh, Nike to develop satanic sneakers and uh, even in churches, you have drag queens coming in, drag queen story hour, uh, you know, and, and then I show you on the lower left, they had a climate conference in Egypt by Mount Sinai this past month. And the man uh, who's claimed to be or some will recognize as a climate guru slammed the Ten Commandments down and said that they are insufficient and they have these new Ten Commandments. Uh, that the world is supposed to adhere to. Uh, you had Beyonce and and uh, the four, mocking and staging the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And, you know, all of these things are egregious and they're right in front of us. And I just wanted to, you know, because Jesus said that this will be the sign of, of, of apostasy. And the word apostasy, apo, means to move away from and stasis is one state or stand. So in other words, apostasy is to move away from one state or stand. And that's really the point that we're at today where we've moved so far away from the Word of God and, you know, this is what Jesus said would happen. Uh, I'm going to shift gears now towards technology and some of the other things that I think are, you know, alarming. And I'm giving you just kind of a highlight of what I've seen in the past year, what we're looking towards in the coming year. And, and I want to quote some things and show you some things that are happening. Um, Speaking of the World Economic Forum, Yuval Harari, who is uh, one of the leading scientists and experts and has the ear of Klaus Schwab, um, uh, so he said this, and let me cut to the video here. I'm going to give you some quotes of some people. Uh, we don't need to wait for the second coming of Jesus Christ to become immortal. We can become immortal ourselves. Even a couple of geeks in the labs can do it. It's such the rage across the globe. We went from how to fix computer problems to how to fix the human problem of death. Jesus is the only one who fixed the human problem of death. He snatched the keys of death from Hades. He has given us, he, and that's the freedom that we have. We have been free from death. We have been free from the enslavement of death. Um, and he, and uh, human beings, and this is another quote from him, human beings are hackable animals. Free will is over. Uh, and this was quoted at the World Economic Forum. So they can hack the human brain. They can modify the human brain. They can modify your DNA. This is what's happening. Some of the circles that, you know, they've been experimenting in with uh, some of the 
uh, developments with COVID and the vaccines, and they've, uh, they've looked at gene editing, and I'm not saying anything about the vaccine in of itself. And I'll, I'll get into a little bit of that. If you take the vaccine, I have taken the vaccine. I was mandated by my company in, in order to work. I had to take the first two shots. I didn't want to, but I did because I needed my job. Um, and that's a decision that I made. And some people you have to, and, or some people you feel comfortable doing it. Um, and, and that's an individual thought. It's an individual decision. I'm not a doctor and I don't pretend to be. But what is concerning is if you are viewing, if you're a doctor or if you're a medical professional and you've stated your opinion over the last couple of years that is uh, in, in contradiction to some of the information coming out from the World Health Organization or the Center for Disease Control, then you were censored, then you were shut down, then you were ostracized. And now we find out that, you know, a lot of that information has been, uh, was false. And, and you know, they, they knew it was false. So, you know, that's some of the problems that, that, that we're, we're, we're encountering. So let me get back to some of this other. This is all about artificial intelligence, gene editing. Um, you know, the, you even have something called, uh, started two years ago, called um, the Jesus Clone Project, where they're trying to clone Jesus. And, you know, this is some of the sickness that we're dealing with. Um, using science and technology to transcend the so-called limitations of humanity for their versions of humanity. And some people refer to this as human 2.0. Ray Kurzweil, who's the chief engineer of Google, says this, that humans will be hybrids by 2030. Uh, Jared Kirshner, who has a great deal of influence on the geopolitical stage, wrote recently, I believe my generation will be the last generation to die and the first generation to live forever. So this is some of their objectives. They're looking for immortality. They're looking to take control. They're looking to circumvent God and God's creation and and and, and modify the, uh, the human genome, modify your DNA, because apparently God didn't make you good enough in, in their eyes. And really what they're doing is they're playing God. Um, then you have IoT, which is the Internet of Things. Uh, this can receive microchips, and they can do it in plants, they can do it in people, they can do it in animals. 5G technology is a, uh, a mechanism that can utilize this if, if they want to, and supposedly 6G is something that could be around the corner as well. Uh, this ties into cameras, locations, facial recognition, smart meters. It reports back all of the information. So. Uh, all of this can be put inside of you with a chip or a plant, um, with a vaccine. You know, again, I'm not saying that's the case today, but the technology is leading towards where it could go. Uh, there's something called the IOB, which is the Internet of Bodies. It monitors the inside of your body, biosensing technology. It's capable of giving a genetic upgrade. It can access your brain or your thoughts. Um and you have Elon Musk's work with uh, um, Neuralink, and, and again, this is kind of more gene editing, hacking the brain, if you will. Uh, messenger R, if you see something as mRNA, it's messenger RNA. It rewrites your genome, and the purpose behind this is to stop the aging process. So, you know, medicine is a wonderful thing, and, and uh, you know, what we can do to enhance our, our immune systems and, and make us stronger and healthier is wonderful, but once you start messing with the 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 chemistry that God has made and created in you, and you start f tweaking and, and editing one's DNA, then you're getting into a realm that uh, you know you've crossed the line, and and it's here, it's it's here, it's on our doorstep, 
And this is why, you know, I'm, I'm saying some of this, because it does fall in line with what uh, the Bible has laid out in the days to come, that they will have this control over you. And I'm going to show you a model, a business model, uh, a high-level structure of how this can accomplish. But before I do, something that struck out to me over the course of the past year was I was so impressed with the the parents of the people and going to the board of ed meetings and, and standing up to the education committees and people. Because of COVID, they, they found out what their kids were being taught by some of these teachers unions and CRT and this human sexuality and, and, and the things. And they were just appalled. And um, they went and they fought. And I, and I said, you know, it's kind of that whole mama bear, papa bear. And that's how you got the governor of uh, uh, Virginia in, in, in office. Uh, because he got behind them and they got behind him. Um, and, and I think that's where, that's probably one of the greatest attributes that we can have is the rise of the citizen, rise of the informed citizen, where you can know what's going on and, and you can be prepared and, and take action. And where a lot of these parents are, you know, they're, they're running for school board. They're getting involved with their, their kids, you know, with their education, with their lessons, with coaches, and more and more involvement uh, because they see the things that are happening. So one of the things that I thought was interesting, too, over the course of the past year, they found out that American homeschooling quadrupled by four times. That, that, that's pretty astounding. And I give you the picture of, you know, the mama and the papa bear. And my question that I came up with was, what if the shepherds of the churches had the same attitude or a similar attitude or a similar passion towards their flock, the flock that they're responsible for? You know, what, you know, what would happen if a lot of the pastors and ministers and elders uh, really, you know, took towards what was happening to their children in, in the churches? And, and a lot of them do. I'm not saying, you know, but I'm just broad statement. Um, because I, without question, I think the, the, the church is in the minority of taking action. Uh, I think more churches are, are, are being, trying to be culturally appeasing than uh, standing on the word of God. Um, so, it, you know, it, it was just something that stuck out to me that I, I said, boy, that would, be, that would be interesting if we had the more, as a church body, if we had the moral compass to stand on, on righteousness and stand on the word of God, we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so, you know, it was just my thought. And then, you know, also pointing out that the Justice Department went after these parents. You know, they called them terrorists. They put them on terror watch lists. And, you know, think, I don't know about watch lists, but, you know, they, the Justice Department was fighting them. Let's, let's put it that way. And that's the point that we're at. Um, some things that I just wanted to, uh, as I start to wind this down, steps towards a one world government as it lines up with... Um, uh, you know, what the Bible has to say, which eventually will wind up. And just I'm just throwing out a bunch of things. Uh, excuse my sniffles, if you will. I'm coming off of, uh, uh, like so many people, just, you know, my immune system was compromised during the holidays. I'll put it to you that way. Uh, Microengineering of people, the borderless society, what's happening there. Uh, economies by numbers, they're getting rid of currencies, going towards digital currencies. And they're pushing the Great Reset, you know, which is what the World Economic Forum is doing. Well, you know, before you have the Great Reset, you have to have the Great Setup. You have to take it down before you can rebuild it. 
and, and I say that they see themselves as lords and kingmakers, these people in Davos and others. And, you know, on, on, the, on the note of Davos, you know, this is not just politicians. These, these are military leaders. These are political leaders. These are um, uh, bankers. These are uh, uh, technology companies. These are healthcare companies. These are business leaders. Uh, you know, with tremendous influence. I think there's roughly 2,500 total, and then they're broken down into classes uh, where they even have, for lack of a better word, a caste system, if you will, and maybe the top 100 or 500, or, you know, they have certain security clearances or level clearances to information and whatnot. Um, but it's it's pretty bizarre, and uh, they're looking to rule the world. They're looking to take control of the world. Um Controlling voting. I'm going to give you an example of that in a minute. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're questioning, really, what is a human being? And, and they're trying to redefine what a human being is. You know, we have a body, soul, and mind. We are made in the image of God. And yet they're, they're basically trying to take away the soul and, and remove that and break this down by merging technology with human anatomy. Uh, power and pleasure. Who is in charge and does it make you feel good? And if you're not feeling good, then it's not good. Um uh, COVID, and, and, and I would say this with CBDC, it legitimizes mass surveillance. So now they have the technology, and if you have the vaccine, and I'll show you this, that they can uh, institute um, surveillance, they can control your bank account. I gave you the example of, of Canada. Uh, they're now pushing towards the global digital ID that traces your health, it traces your bank, it traces your travel. Um, World Economic Forum, they brag openly about how they've infiltrated certain governments and, and branches. And, uh, you know, not only the leaders at the top, the, the faces that you see and recognize, but a lot of their staffs, you know, they've been trained by the World Economic Forum. Um, and then you'll also see a lot of this recently is the end of democracy. Uh, so if you are one who opposes their viewpoint, and, and I've seen this where they went after the Italian prime minister, who's a Christian, uh, the Hungarian uh, leader of Hungary. I believe he's a Christian. I know a lot of their uh, structure is, is Christian principled. Uh, I believe Bolivia, yes, Bolivia. Uh, Brazil, we had this recently where, um, you know, I, again, from all reports there, that election was stolen. Uh, so now you have uh, a, a socialist slash Marxist uh, leader down there, um, and that country is up in arms. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit of how they do some of these things. Uh, but these, these are all things that are developing that we can see around us, what we've seen over the past year, that are moving us towards the Great Reset, moving us towards the one world government. So I wanted to show you Ezekiel. I'll say this when I want to talk about the nations here. I'll go back to video. Um, Ezekiel 38, the shift in, is in motion. You, you see Iran, you see Iraq, um, uh, um, Turkey. As a matter of fact, Iran, Russia, Turkey are all on the border of Israel now. Uh, in Syria, their militaries. And uh, I, I just keep looking at Daniel 2.33 and, and the ten toes of the ten kings, and you also have this in Revelation, uh, where you have the two, the two legs and, you know, you have five toes, which I believe signifies the east and the west. And just some things that I'm looking at, and I believe the nations are developing, that this is starting to take shape. If you look at China and Russia in particular, um, they are very nationalistic. They are opposite of what 
uh, is, is trying to be accomplished in uh, uh, the World Economic Forum in Western Europe and, and, and whatnot. So I'm, I'm kind of seeing this breakdown. You have something called BRICS, which is an alliance between Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. I give you the highlight of Saudi Arabia because uh, they are starting to draw closely towards BRICS as well. So that'll be an interesting development, especially as it pertains to Israel. And then on the right, you know, I'm looking at the European Union, what I'm calling NAFTA, which is a North American agreement, U.S., Canada, Mexico, could be other Latin American countries coming in line there. The World Economic Forum, which is the symbol of the West. The Vatican is in deeply in bed and in alliance with the World Economic Forum and certainly the United Nations. So here you have all of this of, of you know, it's starting to break out. And I wanted to point out uh, that this is a spiritual war. That and, and, and again, I guess this is me personally, you know, a little frustrating where I think the church is minimizing the the impact that the closer we get to the return of Jesus, the more hell breaks out. And, um, you know, I, I, and I've said this before, there's been studies that have shown that I think it's a, a quarter or less than a third of churches have a biblical worldview, that they're not looking at what's happening around the world as it pertains to prophecy, but yet prophecy is you know, a little over a quarter of the Bible. So, uh, you know, I think it's foolishness and, and I think it's naivete. Um, and and I want to point out that it is spiritual battle and I'm going to draw upon Daniel 10, 12 through 14 where the angel Gabriel is speaking to Daniel and he says, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding, to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So, in, in other words, you have uh, alliances and you have kingdoms and nations and there are powers and principalities and there are wars that are going on over certain geographical areas, certain military areas, certain political areas. And, and you know, the case in point, right there is the scriptures. Uh, and, and I believe you're seeing this all started to shape and to shift the way that God said it would. I show you some leaders of, uh, of the World Economic Forum and, and how they've infiltrated the West. Um, I show you Trudeau, Soros, you know, uh, you should need, need no explanation. Zelensky, you see him there with Klaus Schwab, uh, um, Macron from, from France, Biden, the new prime minister um, uh, from, from England. And then you have Prince Charles. Prince Charles, that's an interesting development. I'm, I'm curious to watch that as he becomes king. Um, because he is, you know, he's a big player on, on the climate deal of what's happening and controlling the economies. And my understanding is he owns one-sixth or has, is privy to, within his realm of power as king, one-sixth of the world's lands. That's, that's pretty amazing. And uh, so I, I'm curious to keep an eye on, on him and his developments. But again, they're all tied in together at the World Economic Forum, and interestingly, you know, Zelensky and, and the money that's being filtered or, or or siphoned, if you will, from the United States into uh, Ukraine to keep that war going with Russia. So, you know, a, again, to me, it's it's a case in point of the nations lining up prophetically. So we talked about voting, and one of the ways that you can control or gain 
control towards the one world government and, and get this coalition of nations together is controlling the voting. And I know that's a very sensitive subject, particularly here in America. Um, but I, I, I think it's it's pretty obvious that there are ways that they've done it. You know, e even today, the Democrats will tell you, well, you don't need an ID. Now they're telling you you don't even need to be a citizen and you can vote. Um, you have the COVID uh, mail-in ballots. Now, now all of a sudden you're, you're inundated with mail-in mail ballots months before an election. Um, they own a lot of them. They are, they are in, uh, Soros is tied into the manufacturers of the, of the voting machines and the software that aligns to it. So I wanted to give you an example on, on video. And the information I'm going to share with you was, uh, all I did was put a, a, a high-level diagram to show you how they can manipulate. And this was offered, the information came from two generals, three and four-star generals, uh, McIntyre and Flynn, and their descriptions of how they operate, because McIntyre in particular was privy to a lot of this, and he was sounding the alarms weeks before the 2020 election. Um, but how they can do this pretty easily with the control of the technology. Um, so if you're following me on video, I'm just giving you an example. I'm not saying this is how it exactly happened, but according to Flynn and General McIntyre, uh, this is a pretty good model of how it happens. So your state capital, your, your servers, your information that comes in, all of your different counties feed into the state capital, and the attorney general is supposedly in, in charge of that. And then how do you have access to that? And that information then gets funneled to eventually a central database that decides the leader of, of the free world, which is Washington, and their uh, enemy, and it was clearly stated, was to remove Trump and to put in Biden. Um, so according to them, that all of a lot of these voting uh, databases, once they were funneled into the central database, was able to travel to different uh, countries. And I gave you here, they said it went, had access and open uh, um, information in Barcelona, Frankfurt, Germany, England, Toronto, Pakistan, and China. And it, get, it gets funneled through a cloud server, and I'm a cloud server, it's a, I'll call it a cloud application of a, a, an incredible amount of servers. But that, in other words, the information was able to travel to and fro and that they could infiltrate it. Um, you can do this through software. You can do this. And if, you know, for any, anybody out there who's a networking guy or a technology guy, you know that they have firewalls in place. You have encryption in place. But if you have openness towards those, that encryption key uh, or you put it, unscramble it, if you will, kind of, you know, how broadcast companies will put their programming free in the air and they unscramble the programming. It's the same premise. So a lot of this information was open. Uh, and you're able to funnel this, and, and, you know, uh, to and fro. And they, they are claiming, though, these two generals are claiming that that's how a lot of that information went down. And again, you can look back and in 2020, you know, I, I'm sorry, if you really believe that, that Biden had more vote, popular votes and more votes than, than Obama, then I have a bridge I'd like to sell you. Uh, you know, it's just he couldn't get 100 people at his rallies. And, um, and, and, and again, I'm not... This should concern you whether you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, doesn't matter uh, be, because they have control of this and it's pretty open, it's pretty obvious. And, and anybody with, you know, a true liberal, like a liberal when I was growing up, 
would have had concern about it. But because they removed the bad man with the orange hair, then they wanted to turn the other cheek. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's it's sad, but it's true. And, and of course, the media and technology companies just joined right inside of it. And then if you said that the voting was suspect, then you were considered a loon or a conspiracy theorist and whatnot. But again, this is all bought out by uh, military generals, highly esteemed. You know, if you're a three or four star military general, you've got not only access to a lot of information, but you have a great deal of intelligence and um, discipline, uh, you know, and, and that's clear. So that's one way of doing it. And I will say that the hardware machines that the recent elections that went in Brazil, they claimed that that was the same model that a lot of that hardware and software machines, you know, was the case there. Shift gears real quick. I'm winding this down. COVID World Health Organization. Um, I'm going to show you again, just some of the things that, you know, they came out recently in in the past four or five weeks. Um, You know, one of these things on a Friday where they said, yep, the masks don't work and uh, the vaccines aren't secure. And uh, and, you know, just they admitted their failures. And if if you were to do this or to say this a year or two years ago, you know, you were ostracized. You were you were shut down. You could lose your job. You did lose your job. How many people, the nurses and the doctors who fought so valiantly uh, and, and stayed and, 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 and put their lives on the line? And, and But yet, you know, months later, if they didn't get the vaccine, then they lost their jobs. Uh, but yet now it comes out that yep we don't we can't uh, have any degree of certainty with the jobs uh, with the vaccine. Uh, there's enormous amounts of test results that are coming out. There are tumors with people who have taken the uh, the vaccine. They're like rope-like tumors. They're they're just you can look this up online. You can find the information. Um, they can't they can't put their finger on it. But the only common denominator is the people who have had it have had vaccines. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, and, and I just wanted to point him out, you know, comes from a Democrat family, but he's been out there fighting and saying, look, the more times you take this vaccine, the more times your your immune system's weakened. Uh, now there's a big push for the vaccine passport um, and that this will connect people biometrically. Again, you know, it, this if you take this, and I'll show you in, in one more slide and as we wind this down, if you take this, uh, they, they will be able to monitor you. They will be able to trace you. They'll be able to track you. They'll be able to take care of not only your health records, but your bank records. Um, then you have Bill Gates, who says he wants to inoculate 7 billion people by 2025. 7 billion. There are 7.8 billion people today. He wants that many people. This is a software guy. Who made him doctor of the world? And But yet people will just let it go. They let it go. They let it go. Um so this, you know, these are some of the things we're dealing with. I want to show you a model of, uh, of how this can happen. If you're following me on video, uh, how this can work. And, and I did this probably a year and a half ago um, because this, I'm not saying this is what's going on today, but the technology and uh, from a high-level standpoint, this can happen. Pretty, they can roll this out pretty easily, especially after seeing what they did with COVID. So I show you... Uh, a, a cloud formation of all of the different nations and continents. They can all be tied in. Their central database can all be tied in. The technology is there today. I say Brussels, New York, Babylon, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, it's, it could be multiple, multiples. But if you were to take, for instance, a vaccine, and it doesn't have to be a vaccine, but 
if you get that injected. And Revelation says that this will be either in your hand or in your forehead. Um, that technology is there today, and it would be put into you like an operating system. You know, so uh, you know, similar to a Windows, where you would need updates, you would need uh, firmware fixes, if you would. And in that, they can control the information. I show you in the middle of uh, a World Bank of digital credits. Their objective, again, is to take down the U.S. dollar. They can have your medical information. They can have a social credit scoring. You know, are you good? Are you bad? Should we limit your travel? Should we limit your uh, your access and your, your, your ability? So, and, and then this goes down, and then you get this into your family. And then if your family doesn't, um, you know, potentially if your children don't adhere to it, they could go after your children. And again, I'm not saying this to scare people or saying that this is happening today, but the technology is, is such that it can happen pretty quickly. It can be rolled out. And I would say a lot of this is in place in China and, and other parts of the world. And eventually when the world crumbles and the world will crumble, the infrastructure for for the economy and other things will falter and they will need a solution. And that's the, the that's where the Antichrist will walk in and he'll have the deal. Then he'll be able to set up with the peace treaty in Israel and he'll be able to offer solutions for the economies and whatnot. That infrastructure is in place and he could potentially be, you know, the one. And you can do this today with 5G technology, but, you know, you can't minimize the impact of of satellite and fiber delivery and, 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 and you know, radioactive, not radio, I'm sorry, radio wave. Um, all of the technology transmission capabilities are there. All of this is in place. The technology is in place. I gave you an, an idea of one way to roll this out. So as I start to wind this down, I wanted to just close with this. Um, this is all leading up to what eventually will be the rapture of the church. And there's a minister in Hawaii, J.D. Farage, who, who used the analogy uh, of dominoes. And he's saying that the dominoes are starting to line up. And I, and I think I've laid out a lot of that here today. Hopefully I have. Um, and that one thing that will trigger, you know, we, it, it will start to go really, really fast would be the rapture of the church. Because then once you remove... The, the, the church and the people and, and, and the Holy Spirit, the restrainer, as, as, as it's called, or as Paul referred to him, um, that, that will start to do it. And if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, um, even if you are and, you, you know, some will question the timing of the rapture, and there is a rapture whether you want to um, agree or disagree. It's not—it's distinct from the second coming of Jesus. Um, but So let me just show you the two— and cut to the slide, just two scriptures. Uh, Revelation 3.10, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. So this is uh, the, the, the tribulation. And Jesus is saying, if you are with me, I am going to spare you from it, so to speak. First um, Thessalonians 4.16-18, through 18, there's so many more verses that support this. But I'm giving you the, the one that stands out to me. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive or left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And 
if, if Paul is saying encourage one another, and if you're to go through the tribulation, that's not encouragement. So the Lord will keep you from this. And there is nothing prophetically that needs to happen before the rapture of the church. There, in, in other words, the, the one leading sign that has already transpired is the birth of the nation of Israel. And, and Jesus said, and this generation shall not pass without seeing these things. And here we're approaching, the, as I said in the very beginning, the 75th anniversary uh, of Israel, you know, whether you want to say from 1948 or from 1967 when they captured Jerusalem, you know, that, that certainly would be up for debate. But we're getting near. We're getting near. So, you know, what does that mean? I would just say this, too, that by the end of the tribulation, everyone in the world will have heard the gospel. And by that, I mean, even if you're in the tribulation and you've not yet made that decision one way or another, you're going to have to. It's, it's either sink or swim. Um, you will have the 144,000 witnesses. And one somebody recently claimed, described it as it'll be like 144,000 Pauls. And, and I thought that was interesting because clearly everybody will have heard the gospel by then. So uh, on that note, I just wanted to say, well, what do you do now? I'm, because I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here at all. Um, but get involved. You know, Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail. We're to pray, but we're to do everything that we can uh, with, with our God-given talents to share the gospel. I show you that, that uh, uh, image in the middle. Let people know because the time is, uh, is near. Be aware of what's going on around you, what's going around your local community, what's going on in your government, what's going on in your church. Uh, your job, and it's a time for action that we cannot become complacent, that we need we need to do, in my opinion, everything that we can um, with what God has given us, with, you know, whatever talents and gifts and abilities, we all need each other. We need the body of Christ. We need, we need the doctor. We need the physician. We need the, uh, the, 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 the custodian in the school. We need the coach. We need the uh, uh, the garbage man. We need, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, the farmers, the, the everybody, we need each other. Um, and that's the beauty of the body. You know, the right hand needs the left hand and the feet, and it's all tied together. And we've all have something that God has given us to uh, enable us to operate as one body collectively. And I always, you know, I try to say anyway that operate in the lane that God has blessed you in, and uh, we will all be blessed. So hopefully this is, uh, been an encouragement. Uh, you know, it's not all, again, supposed to be Debbie Downer, but I, I felt like I needed to say this. I needed to bring this information out. Uh, and if you like it, please share it. Please let people know. You can only see this on rusticoutlook.com or on Rumble. If you do have any prayer requests or questions, I'd be happy to take them at rusticoutlook at gmail.com. Um, I, I just want to thank you, and, and you know, one of the things that stood out to me that I'm going to stand on uh, as I draw near is my mission is truth, is to get to the heart of truth and to be willing to speak the truth, and uh, you know, I, 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 I hope that's come across. So I just want to thank you for your time. God bless you. Uh, you've been listening to the Rustic Outlook, and remember, as always, just my opinion.